0: It was accidental how important the mission became and how like, because the real invention of Ring is not the doorbell, it's not the cameras, it's not, it's the mission to make neighborhoods safer. And that is like, if anything built Ring, and if you think Ring was a success, like that is the, if you go down to the very base of it, the mission, that mission statement, that's the thing I really invented that mattered. Because everything is an output of that.
1: That's how success happens from Entrepreneur Magazine. My name is Robert Tuckman. I self-funded, built up, and eventually sold two businesses to major players in the sports and entertainment industry. And I am fascinated by other entrepreneurial minds and what drives high achieving people. Jamie Siminoff so on this podcast, is the CEO and what founder learn, of Ring, what it takes the world's first really Wi-Fi succeed. video doorbell. He came up with the idea, funny enough, while trying to work on other inventions inside his home in California. He heard the doorbell ring, but he couldn't see who was there since he was hard at work in his garage. The rest is history. Since Ring's launch in 2012, Ring has helped millions of neighbors create a ring of security around their homes and has made an impact on thousands of neighborhood incidents. In 2018, Amazon acquired Ring for an estimated sum of over a billion dollars. And with the support of Amazon, Jamie and Ring continue to innovate and remain at the cutting edge of home security. Jamie even went on Shark Tank to pitch Ring at the very beginning of it all. He did so well that he came back one day as a shark himself. But most importantly, Jamie has been on a mission and Ring is a mission-driven business. Since day one, Jamie has stayed firm in his belief that everyone deserves the right to feel peace of mind in their home and be safe and supported in their communities, something we all want. Jamie's story is coming up after the break. Success doesn't happen by accident and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes coordinated, concerted efforts by you and your team, tightly connected at each step of the journey, even if they're physically apart. In this evolving age of work, productivity and mobility go hand in hand and remote and hybrid workers need a truly mobile PC with the galaxy book lineup, Samsung set out to make a PC. That's more like a smartphone, thin light and powerful invest in your workforce, invest in your future upgrade to galaxy book, the PC that helps modern businesses go further. Explore the whole range at samsung.com slash galaxy for work. We're back. I opened our conversation by asking Jamie, not about Ring, but one of his other unique ventures prior to Ring. It was called unsubscribe.com. I personally thought it was genius, but as many of us know, it takes more than a good idea to be successful. The
0: best product, worst business I've ever done. You know, it, it came about, and it's so funny because I, I think about it almost every day. How much time do we spend on our email? And there is this mail that falls in between sort of spam, which a filter would pick up that's like legitimately like, you know, bad email. And then there's the good email and then there's the gray stuff, which is actually fully legal, but like, it's like, you need a way to manage it better. And so we just, again, it, it's this idea of like customer first, right? It's like, how do you fix this? And when we fixed it, we did this unsubscribe thing with AI. I mean, it was, it was amazing. No one wanted to pay for it. I mean, zero, like not a single human wanted to pay for it, no matter how much you showed the benefits you gave. And so sadly, it was one of those businesses that just didn't have any legs as a business. But the feature, like I'd almost rebuild it right now just to have it myself.
1: I loved it and used it. And I just think as I talk about, and you've created some incredible things in, in your time, but that was one, like you said, like just to me completely... Completely genius. And I know you've had a history of different businesses. And you know, my my thing is, what was that feeling like when you knew you had built something that you really love, but it didn't work as a business?
0: It's defeating. And what happens is people tell you, like, hey, you're a serial entrepreneur. Like they like tap you on the head. And they're like, you're such a cute little serial entrepreneur. And I'm like, no, I'm a really, really frustrated inventor. Because as an inventor, there's two parts to me, you know, again, like my, my own, like, this is my opinion, but there's two parts of being a successful inventor. It's like invention and execution. And without the execution part, I don't care if you've invented something amazing. If it doesn't work as a sort of a sustaining, not even business in terms of money, but like, like a sustaining thing, an organization, then it doesn't get out to people. And if it doesn't get out to people, you don't see it. I mean, like, one of the greatest joys of my life is when I go for a run, I go for a drive, whatever, is seeing ring products on houses. Like it literally, like that's the, if you want to talk about a success metric where I sort of maybe tap myself on the back a little bit and say like, Jamie, you did something like that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was curious how it felt nowadays too. you there. You see a lot of these stories on the news or you see the FedEx man that leaves, you know, the, you know, puts the American flag that like that's ring, right? Like that's pretty incredible. How, you know, do you love that? It's like, I
0: I tell my wife a lot. I say like, you know, I I do like kind of pinch myself. Like I'm going to wake up. This was a dream. And like, just, I'm going to be upset because it was such a great dream that I want to go live it. It is a, and it is, it is those things. Like I'll be watching the local news and it'll come on. And it's the benefit that like people are getting from that it's just, I mean, to be, you know, again, like, I think that's the greatest thing you can have is to be part of something that makes people's lives better is like, that's is, I guess the ultimate, to me, it's the ultimate success. Obviously like there's financial things, but like those are fleeting at best.
1: As an inventor and a serial entrepreneur, have you always been mission driven?
0: It's funny. I was always mission driven. I didn't realize the power of the mission. And I, you know, There's lots of things that I think one of the hardest things about knowing who you are is figuring out who you are. It's actually very hard to do. So looking back, yes, like looking back, I realized I really, I cared about things and I love fixing problems. And so like that, I realized how to sort of get the maximum out of that. But when I was younger, I was definitely like more transactional because I thought I had to be, I was trying to like build it, you know, and again, like I, so I, I kind of stumbled along for a while. And I'd say Ring even, it was accidental how important the, the, like, like the mission became and how like, because the real invention of Ring is not the doorbell. It's not the cameras. It's not, it's the mission to make neighborhoods safer. And that is like, if anything built Ring, and if you think Ring was a success, like that is the, if you go down to the very base of it, the mission, that mission statement is the, that's the thing I really invented that mattered because everything is an output of that.
1: Yeah. I can only imagine when you, when you speak of it like that with ring and do video Wi-Fi, doorbell, just how many people have escaped catastrophe or travesty or just, just because someone not good walked up to that door. And that to me, like you said, like to be able to be an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur, but I built businesses that were much more, there wasn't really that deep mission. And like you said, I mean, that that's such a great feeling, right? I I just, I can't get over like how that must make you feel.
0: And it is, but it's also like it goes, it, it, it seeps into every part of the business. It seeps into the invention. So now because you have this mission, you're inventing for the mission not for trying to build the next product, which then you build things that no one's ever seen before, like the floodlight cam and like our drone. And so you keep doing these things because you're really about the mission, not about just transactionally trying to like sell another 100,000 units. The people that you surround yourself with when you really care about the mission, to your point, like what you're saying, like you're, like you're, you're feeling it. Like if you work with us, you also feel it like that's a superpower for an employer to be able to have people that care about something more than just the job. Your customers, which we call our customers' neighbors, become involved in it and just becomes, they all become flywheels that help you sort of, in essence, build something that's just different than anyone else because it's not a business then. It's, it's a, it really is a mission and missions are just much more powerful. Yeah. And, and, and so, I mean, my email's on every box. Um, I get lots of things. And yes, there's lots of like crime things we've stopped. But, you know, yesterday there's all these fires near Lake Tahoe in California and someone sent me a, like a postings of all the next door stuff of people using the rings to figure out like where the power's on, where it's off, what, how much smoke is here, how much smoke is there. And it's again, like, it's just giving people the ability to do that. Like I'm, they're doing part of it also, but it's like, so it is, it's, it's so, it's such a great feeling to have built something that is enabling that betterment of society.
1: Yeah, I mean, as an entrepreneur and and a human being, there could be nothing greater than building a really good business but that's actually delivering real value and making things better for all. And that whenever I interview any entrepreneurs is, is always my ultimate measure of, of what success is if you can do both. And you talked about unsubscribe.com and, and some of these things are great ideas They didn't work. Did that ever make you think like, huh, maybe I should just build a, a business that is gonna be profitable. And did you ever look away from thinking mission first?
0: It's interesting. So so what happened was I done a I I did a few businesses you know, like not that quick, but like looking back, it looks pretty quick. I went from a phone business to a voicemail to text business to unsubscribe.com. And then it was really at the end of unsubscribe.com, I didn't take the like, hey, which way do I want to go? So it wasn't as clear as that. I said, I'm an inventor and I'm gonna go in my garage and I'm gonna invent things, and I'm not gonna back something until it has its own like until it gets its own legs in essence. Like, like I think what, cause what I was doing is the reverse, right? I was trying to, I've come up with an idea and I I'd try to push it out to the world. And then like unsubscribe. like again, great product. Like There's nothing wrong with that product. Great product. It just didn't work as a business. And so my thing was, Hey, let me put out a great product. And then if it doesn't become a great business, I won't put all my effort behind it. And so I was kind of doing these, like, I called it spinning plates. Like I was going to spin a plate kind of leave it there, spin a plate, leave it there. And if, it, if I went back and one was spinning, it's like, oh, we'll put your work behind that one. Funny part of that is the doorbell wasn't even in, it wasn't a spinning plate. It was solving a problem for me being in the garage. I couldn't hear the doorbell in the garage and those wireless ones wouldn't reach to there just the way my house was and because the garage was in the back. And so I, I like literally new iPhone person at this time, this is whatever, you know, 12 years ago or 13 years ago, 10 years ago, and I'm like, why wouldn't it go to my phone? And so I got a Wi-Fi camera and rigged up a thing and 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 again, so that it became a spinning plate, but it really accidentally, which is why people, it's amazing how many businesses have come from the garage. And I think what it is, it's not the garage, it's when you take the pressure off of trying to be so like, I'm gonna build a business, I'm gonna do this. Like, and you let sort of the world be more organic, and you let like sort of you let the data in and you sort of You don't have that pressure. Magic happens. Hewlett Packard happens. Dell computers happen. Amazon, I mean, Jeff started in the garage. So, yeah. Google yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's funny on the Google thing. I, I remember I was at a conference and I heard the uh, I guess she must have been the CEO of um, YouTube at the time. I forget her name. And the reason she had met the founders of Google was she was actually the one who rented out her garage to them. And now here she is sitting as the CEO. Right. That was. Uh, so the garage is. Is a place where good things happen, right <laughs> yeah,
0: but it really is because there's no you're, you're, there's no like pressure like even if you're renting a garage you're you're paying probably comparatively nothing, so you don't have this pressure to do something unnatural, and at those times in your business, i think it's really I, I i do i think it's so important to it's why sometimes early venture capital can do harm to businesses is that it it puts it i call it the railroad track it puts it on this track that you can't turn yeah. You know, it's like, and and if you're on the wrong track and it's when you're that early, you could be off by a few degrees and you're on the wrong track. And so what you want to be is like, you know, in a car, you want to be able to like just turn any which direction. And at some point, like Ring is now on a track. I mean, like at some point you do execute and you do put your bets behind something,
1: but give it some time. No, it's it's such a great piece of advice. It, it's, you know, everyone's always kind of sometimes just, looking at successes. I got someone to back me. I have VC, but they don't realize once you do have that and you have people on board who have a mission or their own kind of goal or trajectory, it could really ruin a lot of businesses. And you were obviously very fortunate in that fact, but can you take me back? Do you recall the exact aha moment? Was there someone certain came to your door or Do you remember that day? The
0: the aha moment for me, and this is because I had gotten to this point, I've done enough stuff to realize that the best, I mean, Unsubscribe is a great example of it. The best product is not good unless you can sell it. People want to buy it. They understand it. Like So you could have like the greatest thing that's going to save their lives. But if, if you can't, within an, in an efficient model, get people to understand it, because the customer doesn't give you an hour to explain something to them. And so the, the real aha came for me as we put this up for pre-sale, the, the doorbell, and we started to have, and it was one woman in particular, but just because it stands out, but we started to have multiple, which is, She emailed me and said, I bought one on the the pre-sale. I can't wait to get it. You got to get me like the first one because my neighbor had a break in and they knocked on the door. If I had this, when I'm at the market, I could answer it and act like I'm home. And we didn't put any, when we put it for pre-sale, we were like, there's no way anyone's going to understand that. So we're just going to say it's like a techie thing and be on your couch and answer your door. And, and it was like, oh, like literally brain explosion emoji. They like they like normal humans understand the power of this without me even telling them what that is, and that was that was the like we have something here. That's that that was really when it was like we have to go.
1: More from our guests, but first a word from our sponsors. You know, when it comes to your next business read, you do have options. You could pick up that trendy new buzzwordy business book, or you could learn the timeless buzzword-free lessons of a straightforward modern classic. I'm talking about Good Profit by Charles Koch, a CEO with a real-world track record of decade upon decade of actual exponential business growth. Want the lessons from someone who's actually done it? Start by visiting goodprofitbook.com. That's goodprofitbook.com. And our next sponsor... Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you're not alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you've worked so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com/smallbusiness. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode of How Success Happens is being presented by State Farm, and we're back. You know, as being an entrepreneur and getting going and starting, even after that aha moment, were there periods or were there times where you thought to yourself, hey, maybe this isn't going to work or things that kind of every day since (laughs) you are a true entrepreneur.
0: (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I mean it is true. I mean, like, like it's when you're in a business, there's always something that's happening that's, you know, I don't care how big it is, that's threatening from. Some sort of new thing coming in, threatening because you didn't get a product out, threatening because you didn't get the feature the right way. So I do feel like every day is a new day for us that we have to prove ourselves. I mean, certainly I would say selling to Amazon was a pretty good marker along the course, but it is a marathon and we're still, you know, we're we're still, I mean, I'm still every day running it and still you know, there's, there's things that my, like I said, my emails on every box, not every day we do everything perfect for every customer. And, uh, that's our job is to do that. And so until every neighbor that I have is, has a perfect experience until every neighborhood is safe. Um, until I've invented every product that can do that, I don't think we're even close to done. And, and that's probably an impossible thing to achieve.
1: Yeah. But it's a great point. Look, you built up ring it, Incredible growth. You sold it to Amazon, right? In itself, an incredible milestone. But you just said something where still you're running it now, even after selling to Amazon, and it bothers you if it's not perfect. Has that been hard on you personally? It's funny.
0: It was actually, it was like a great test of, you know, everyone says, I mean, every, I think everyone would like to say like, Oh, I'm not driven by money. Oh, I do it because I love it. Oh, I, and it turns out when you sell your company to Amazon, like that is a good test of like, why were you doing this? And I am, I'm still just as upset, passionate, everything about when we don't do something right for the customer and we do do something right for the customer. I mean, just, I'm just, I'm in it the same as I was before. It really hasn't changed anything the only thing that has changed, and this is like if there's entrepreneurs listening, before we did have the, if we did something wrong, I could literally go personally bankrupt. I had everything. I mean, I was so over my skis in ring. So my net worth, everything was so over, like, I mean, it was just insane. Like it was just like, I, it was me. Like it was like an appendage. And so now, I mean, to be fair, like if, you know, if we ship a product a couple of weeks late, I'm going to be upset, but it doesn't like personally, it's not going to bankrupt me. So I think the difference is to be fair is yes. Like I don't have that, like literally going to die feeling anymore, but I still, you know, you could ask my team. I mean, I think we, I think we still are very similar to how we were before. So I'm so proud of that. Like, I think that's such a great sort of testament to who we are as people. Like, I think that's a cool thing.
1: I mean, do you, think that's the major testament to why you've been successful?
0: Probably because again, there's also, and there's all sorts of people that become successful. And especially in times like now, there's lots of, it's like, there's all sorts of reasons why, but I do think that we were successful because we didn't focus on, we never, like we never had goals for the company of revenue. We didn't have, and if we did, we would, we literally would have been smaller because we went from 30 million to 170 million to 400 million, like, no one would set those goals. Like you have to be a crazy person to set those goals. And so by not having the goal of money, but of, we have to make every neighborhood safe, it pushed everyone to keep going. So when our salesperson came back and said, Hey, we just closed Home Depot. It was like, great. What about Lowe's? What about Best Buy? So so there was no like this, Oh my gosh, we're going to hit our number for the year. And which I think humans are, you know, we're all wired the same. Like when we hit our goal, we stop. Like it's very hard. So I think in this funny way, even lofty goals can be ceilings. We just didn't know it. And so, yeah, like, I think that's just this kind of how we're wired and how we've stayed. And that's probably why we're all a little frustrated, so.
1: <laughs> I think so. The human condition, especially the entrepreneur's condition. But just in terms of you personally starting, you know, as you said, in a garage, right? And growing to today, I think over 2,000 employees we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. Small business entrepreneurs, medium, even even larger. How has that been? Was that difficult for you? Because I know you're still involved. You're managing. You're running the business. Was that process hard? Has it been hard to go from small business to thousands of employees? No, certainly hard.
0: Yes, like I mean, like 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 not you know like and had lots of mistakes and so I'd never I, I would never write the book of how to do it because like I, I don't think we know how to do it. What I would say is. I did decide I was an inventor and not an entrepreneur. And to me the difference is an inventor is someone by the way I can direct a mission. I can execute. I can keep building new things. I can excite people. I can like I can lead, but I don't operate the business. And I think because of that it actually had a better scaling mechanism and I put people in place and gave them autonomy very early on. And we created a culture around autonomy, where there was lots of CEOs in our company, and it was very flat and horizontal. It wasn't like a pyramid. So I wasn't actually making a lot of decisions on things of how to grow. People felt empowered. And those mechanisms really did work. And it's interesting going to Amazon is, you know, I didn't know at the time, but Amazon's leadership principles and how they lead is actually fairly similar. I mean, it's a definitely a bigger company, obviously, and they need some stuff, but they're really, Amazon is also kind of broken down where where even at like sort of what you consider lower levels, people are sort of autonomous in running things and have pretty big budgets that they can make decisions on.
1: How did the Amazon deal come about?
0: We've been working, we worked with them for many years. I would always joke with them and said like, you know, and it was, I, I joked, but, but meaning honestly saying, Hey, listen, if you ever want to buy us, I'd sell to you. Otherwise I'm going to go public. And I meant it because it was the only, it was one of the few companies that I truly respected how they ran the people that I interacted with. I really liked their, I I really did feel like they were doing something. Like I felt like they were executing. And I, and if I could, again, as a missionary founder, if I could put my business in a place that would help that mission grow faster, that's what I had to do. It's like your kid, like you try to get your child. I, I think most people would into the best college that they can go to. And so to me, it was like, Amazon was like the best college that my Child ring could go to versus I, you know, maybe only other than IPO. And at one point, the corp dev person came down who I, I knew, uh, this guy, Nick, and we had lunch. And he said, you know, I think it's time. And I'm like, it was one of those like dating kind of things where I am like, I don't <laughs> want to, like, because I, if I blurted out, like, okay, great, we'll sell, you know, it was like, and he's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's time for us to do the next integration. I'd be like, oh, damn it. So I was like, time for, and it's like, you know, it's like back and forth and like, you know, know if you the Zoolander, it was like, where they had to look at each other. Like, you know, was like So, and then if I said, he's like, you know, to buy it. And I said, great. I said, I'll, I'll, you know, obviously like with, you know, price does matter a little bit because I have investors, but it's just my decision. Yes. Like, let's just do it. And so, and that was all, you know, for the team, it was interesting because it was a, these things can be tough, but it was fairly easy because the team also kind of agreed that we were being honest with what our goal was, which was to make the mission and to impact People as much as we could globally. And this is, you couldn't argue that going to Amazon was going, you know, like like that, that was a good bet at doing that, that it really sort of bringing more to the mission. And so, so it was, it was, you know, it was the right thing kind of to do. Cause you could have definitely like, you know, you could argue how we could have made more money doing other things. And, and, and it was, it was fine. But like at those levels, you know, investors do care.
1: Yeah. And if, if the mission is to put this on a, a ring on every door, there's no one better, right, than than Amazon. So it totally fits with your mission, which is which is so great as well. And was it a long process? Was it lengthy? Was it quick? How did it kind of go down?
0: It was actually it was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, I mean, I, I would I would not say painless. There's a bunch of steps. I mean, sell, selling a business is it's it is like skiing a double black diamond with a cliff you know, I've never seen one go without someone almost falling off the cliff that night where like it's all off. I mean, so there's just, there's things that come up. And again, even like to be fair to Amazon, like, there's things that we had that we didn't even really know. Like, you know, you get into this thing, it's a, it's an examination with a microscope and we're a fast growing startup. And so to, to Amazon's credit, they looked at some of it and said, you know, yeah, you're not perfect, but man, a lot of stuff you're doing is good. And it's even funny because some of those emails became public, so you can go you can go and read them. They're people I work with now, so they're pretty funny. But it's true, like you know, we we weren't you know I wouldn't say we were perfect. Uh, we were growing very fast, and again, part of the reason to go to Amazon was to leverage other things that they had that were mechanisms and processes that would help a company scaling to scale better. Again, that's better for, you know, the better for our customers and our neighbors.
1: Yeah. You know, when, whenever you read about stories like yourself and and all these entrepreneurs I interviewed, you just, you know, oh, started ring, sold to Amazon, like everything. But you mentioned something. And even in my having two small businesses, which I sold to bigger players, there was always like that 11th hour. I, I remember the first business I sold and, and it was, we were up all night, like in, I don't know why, like why we needed, but like in our lawyer's Office and you know it almost fell through, and it just seems like as easy as certain things sound, especially in the business world. You know, a lot has to go right for everything to work out, and that's that's very difficult, right?
0: Yeah, these are they're very complex marriages, and yeah, there's just it, it is like the eleventh hour thing is just this so true. And it was like, the funny thing was because of you have to do a government review when anything's this big, so it's kind of like it's like it's closed, but well, it's not closed yet. It's like, okay, we we'll have to wait for this. Like, is it closed? Like, well, yeah, it's like, you know, finally, like one day, I was actually speaking at a small thing for a company and, uh, you know, it was like the wire and I'm literally on <laughs> my phone and I refreshed, refreshed. And I'm like, you know, it's going kind of all morning. I'm waiting and like I'm speaking. And I literally hit refresh and like the bank account changed. And I had to tell everyone, like, sorry, you're going to give me one second here. Like, I actually did close, <laughs> like, like, this thing that's like been closing forever closed. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it is always the, uh, what I've learned and what I've heard is until that wire hits, it's not closed, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and, and again, the weird thing because of the way, and again, this is just like the, the structure of how it has to happen. It has to go pub; it goes public. So, ninety nine point nine percent of humans out there think you already sold. And the reality is, during this review process, which can go thirty days, I mean, you go two, it can go very long, go short, and so everyone's like, "Congratulations, congratulations!" You are like, "Yeah, thank you." You know, it's like. and you're still running your business. And it's like, they they can't like, now you're in this place where like, no one can, it's very strange. Like it is a very strange time, which yeah, I I wouldn't wish for lots of those. And it might've been the most difficult part of the whole thing is going through that sort of that end part where it's like public and everyone knows, but yet it's not actually done.
1: Yeah. That that's kind of, Crazy and to think about that too, right? And you're the one who knows it, it hasn't been done and getting those calls. And how was so the transition, right? From running your own business to going to work for, let's say, the largest company in the world now. I'm, I'm sure it's up there. <laughs> top. Definitely one of, yeah. <laughs> definitely top. How was that transition for you and, and your team?
0: It's a surprisingly painless. And I don't mean it was perfect. Like, you know, I always say it was a 10 out of 10, but there's no such thing as a painless anything in life. Like, like before we sold, we had to keep raising money. Like that wasn't painless either. So like, it wasn't like we went from the perfect world to like, Oh, this big corporate thing. So it was slightly different, but Amazon is incredible at really focusing on not screwing a company. Like they realized that they bought a business for a reason. Like they bought it to learn from it. They bought it to help it. And they didn't buy it because I they think they're so much smarter than everyone else. And so they're really great at allowing me, the team, just sort of just to flourish. And in some, like, I always use the analogy, like, kind of joke around. It's like, it's like when you go to college and your dad gives you a credit card and he's like, use it for like things you need. You're like, okay. It's like, all of a sudden it's like, you know, like I got a credit card I'm like walking through the Amazon store. I'm like, I want some more AWS. I want some more security. I want some more. And it's like, you can almost ask for like some of these things now, but it's like you said, it's like one of the largest companies in the world. I mean, it's, it's the difference of scale is not even, I mean, it's like, it's unreal, but they're incredible at not suffocating you. And, you know, we've done, I think ring certainly would not be where it is today. It's, it's in, you know, it's, it's in a great place. We've, you know, if you look at the best KPI is our reviews on all of our products are up overall on every single product across the board we have more skus out there so more more products more inventions for our customers than we ever had before so i think we're doing better for our neighbors and for our you know for our customers and that to me that's the kpi that says like this was a successful thing
1: how did the pandemic affect you or the the business
0: i mean it was interesting i mean obviously you know you know very hard thing for lots of people so certainly I would say there's like headwind tailwinds from it, you know? So the, the headwind would have been, people aren't going out as much. We sell alarm systems, we sell things to monitor your front door. And like, you know, if everyone's locked in a house, kind of a different thing now, when you're locked in a house, what are you doing? It turned out like you're going and you're trying to figure out like what projects you need to run your house. So you're putting cameras up, you're putting security. I think it was maybe almost even for us. Like it was, it was, you know, there was, there was definitely things that sort of detracted and there was things that added. Some businesses obviously saw full detraction. I mean, they saw like, if you're a restaurant, like you basically, sadly, like you got just, you know, for a, some period of time, like you were just gone. And depending on where you were and how your restaurant was, if it was on the third floor of a building, like, you know, just, just done. And then some businesses had just DoorDash. I mean, like literally just like the complete other end of like, you know, all tailwind. I mean, they just went unbelievable, you know, to the, the moon. Yeah, Instead it is. It, the
1: it is interesting. And, you know, when you talk about restaurants and just the effect, the pandemic and living in New York City where it was so harsh initially and, you know, restaurants resorted to take out. But what was really interesting when you talk about, you know, I always thought it's just going to be a negative, but then they started doing this outdoor dining and there were some restaurants that had like maybe 500 square feet And all of a sudden they use the sidewalks and they tripled or quadrupled their, their capacity. I think at this one restaurant on my corner on 74th street, and it's great to see that it it wasn't all negative, you know, and there were, there were positives and, you know, now for you coming, coming out of this pandemic and hopefully, and where do you see, and, and where's the opportunity for ring?
0: I mean, I think it's still, I think our mission of making neighborhoods safer is still like an infinite truth. I think, I I do think people are still going to want safety and security in their neighborhood. Um, I think there's a lot of things that are adjusting in our neighborhoods. And I do think, you know, the products and services that we offer are still very correct and right for the time. Keep trying to build more and more Inventions that go along with that that give people this sort of peace of mind and ability to manage their home and manage manage amongst their neighbors and be sort of a part of the community. So I think I think it's still there for us. I don't think that changed dramatically, other than the fact that I mean we'll see how you know. Again, we're still I was, we're still not through this yet. So I don't think we I don't think we know exactly where it's going to end at this point. So, you know, it, it, as an entrepreneur and as a, as a, you know, as a CEO of a business or a division, you just have to keep watching it because it changes, you know, we, I think at least for me, I thought two months ago, I thought we were out of this and that vaccines were working. And then now we're at a point where it looks like the vaccine is, and that's it, but like, you know, it's not like, it's obviously not hundred percent. And so like now it's like, we're in a different sort of place. And so are people going to travel again? I, I don't know. Like it might, that might stop or it might just go through, you know, it's like, I think in three months, we could, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see where we're in three months, six months, 12 months from now.
1: Yeah, how has the the lockdown and the quarantine, how has that affected your business with people now, I assume, working at home? And has it been a positive, negative, both?
0: You know, I, I think both, for sure. So there's people that are in situations where they probably, you know, there's, again, humans are very, we're all different, right? Like, it's why our fingerprints are unique. Some people like to be social, so pulling them out and sticking them in a dark room in a small house—if that's what they have—and making them sit on a video thing all day is terrible. For like, they're just not—that's not what they like. Other people would rather never see someone in person and be with the lights off and just code, you know, computer code all day. So I think it is—it depends on the the human. We we have enough people that we sort of literally have the gamut of of people. We have lots of different types of people. And so I think, yeah, I think it depends really on the person I'd say from a structure of ring by being where we've been autonomous and CEOs and, you know, we've always been more spread out. I think it was less of a business sort of, you know, like an impact of like, we all were in the same office and now all of a sudden we're not. So we had no structure, no processes. Like we were actually very spread out already but the social aspect of it, definitely. I mean, for there's, there's people that don't do well alone. And, you know, at some point I, I just looking at a screen and talking to it is, you know, it gets, there's something I wouldn't have minded being with a human, you know, it's like,
1: yeah. Yeah. This, this period has been this super hard. I'm, I'm very much of a, like to talk to people, connect in person. My, my business partner could be in a cave and be ecstatic, you know, and like work from there. Like you said, it's, it's so different for, for people, but that is one of the things I'm really looking forward to is, is that interaction and connection as, as we, we do come out of this. And I want to ask you before I let you go, you're an inventor, you know, what happens now I've got to believe over the past 10 years, like you have probably thought of numerous ideas and inventions Running ring, you know, what do you do with those now?
0: So I, I was just going to like show you as a joke. So I do have lots of ideas. These are like, you know, if you slow it down, you know, Jamie's you see like,
1: scrolling. Oh my God. So he's scrolling through his iPhone my, there and his notes, notes section. And it looked like there are about 550 uh, different ideas.
0: Probably, but what I learned is that again, remember I I said to me, a successful inventor is invention and execution. And what I can't do is invent everything and still execute. So what I realized is what really gets like what fulfills me is invention with execution. And at ring, I can do that and I have to stay focused. And so while I still love the idea of like walking down the street and seeing something, be like, wow, I think I, you know, and like writing it down, because it's mentally just like a fun exercise. I have learned that trying to go out and do everything and not being successful at it is really not fulfilling for me. And so I just literally just kind of put it in the shelf and who knows, maybe in 20 years, I'll look at something that'll be interesting to me. Maybe it won't. But what I do know is that focusing has been the only way for me to really be successful. And I mean that successful as a, as a person.
1: As being an inventor and an entrepreneur and now running a a major business owned by, by Amazon. Do you think you'd personally be happy if you continued just to, you know, run ring to finally get to your mission? If you look back now, 20 years.
0: Yeah, I I do think in 10 or 20 years, I I think I could still be at Amazon. I hope I would have more impact in other things there than just ring. And that might be just through ring or through other things, but yeah, I, I don't. I certainly don't have this feeling like I have to do something in order to like satisfy this because at Ring, I mean, the, the drone we're coming out with brand new product, very different. There's a reason for it, which is I don't, you don't want to have an indoor camera in every nook and cranny of your house, but sometimes you want to see every nook and cranny of your house. So it has a real reason to it. It's a real invention. It's got years ahead of it still to like invent around. And so for me, like that's, that's like my cereal in the morning. Like that's that's like, that's my fuel. And so I could keep doing that for a long time and feel fine. I mean, I don't need to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a ton of inventions that you're coming up with just through what you're doing. (laughs) Can you just tell us a little bit more about the drone thing? Sounds pretty amazing. What is that?
0: So it's uh, it's called the always home camera. And it's a, we announced it last year and we haven't started shipping it yet, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it, we're, we're working on it still. And the idea is that if you're away from your home and you're like, you just want to see something or whatever, you can like literally just you say like living room and it goes to the living room and it just kind of, and you can see and fly around and you'll know, get whatever you want. It also, if you're, have your ring alarm and your door goes ajar, it'll like automatically go and fly and sit right at that door. and watch it and give you a camera angle on that and so if you think your stove was on you can fly over there so it's it's really like this ultimate peace of mind camera of it's an indoor camera for everywhere in your house but you only have one, and from a privacy side, when you're home, it's in a shrouded, it's in its dock, and it's shrouded, and it's you know, so you, like it's not, so it's great. It's like gives you that sort of.
1: It's like so Jetsons. I love it, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it's, it's it's cool, and again, it's it's like one of those things where it's like one side of it, it's cool and it's tech and it's fun. This is like it serves a real purpose, and it's at a price point that's affordable. So it's it's one of those things that like it's 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 a real product that also scratches the itch of, yeah, I love working on technology and, and invention and building things that people haven't
1: seen before. Before I let you go, uh, obviously, How Success Happens, we're a podcast for Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine Media. If you had advice or wanted to give advice, I know you, you're an inventor, you're an entrepreneur too, though. Would you have any advice just in terms of someone who's out there now, young, starting out, Not sure kind of if they should take the leap, go to corporate, anything you would maybe tell them or looking back at yourself 20, 30 years ago, whatever it might be.
0: I mean, the the biggest thing is is in some ways don't take advice is everyone's unique and you have to like, I think it's you, you have to try to figure out what works for you. Because my journey is going to be different than your journey is going to be different than what you want them. I mean, and again, I've seen if you want to end up with money, I've seen lots of people end up with money that did it very differently. If you want to end up building product, I've seen lots of people do that differently. I think it's really just, but what, what I haven't seen is someone not be true to themselves and be very successful. Like, I don't see that a lot. So yeah, I'd say like, just try to figure that out and then make your own journey And learn from others. I think that's smart, but don't try to follow others.
1: I love that. I love the no advice too, even though I asked the question and I do love being true to yourself because as as you, I agree, if if I never followed what I really loved or enjoyed doing, regardless if I was successful business-wise, I don't think I'd really be happy. And uh, it sounds like you believe that as well. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jamie. Thanks for it's been having me. yeah, been a pleasure. Best of luck with uh, Ring. I'm sure, it's just going to continue to grow. I can't, I can't wait to see that drone. I'm, I'm going on Amazon now. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. It's coming in soon. Coming soon. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. And that's our episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to How Success Happens wherever you get your podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Wednesday morning, and you don't want to miss it. And if you like to share, please feel free to pass along the show to an entrepreneur friend who could use a boost, and I could always use the subscribers. And do you have ideas for guests? I always love to hear about great entrepreneurs. If you know anyone, shoot me an email at hsh at or on Twitter at Robert Tuckman, that's R-O-B-E-R-T, T-U-C-H-M-A-N, or even send me a message on LinkedIn. How success happens is a production of entrepreneur media. Be sure to visit entrepreneur.com for insight on building your business, or even better yet, subscribe to our magazine. No joke, I found my first job after reading about a company in Entrepreneur Magazine back in the 1990s. It's always been my absolute favorite magazine for entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening and spending some time with me today. Until next time, my name is Robert Tuckman, just a fellow entrepreneur and your host. See you soon.